welcome to the Living Free from Chronic Fatigue podcast, created for driven female professionals suffering from unrelenting fatigue and who desperately want to increase their energy. I'm your host, Pamela Otero, a nutritional therapy practitioner, HTMA expert, former running coach and personal trainer, and someone who's personally navigated this path. If you're a woman who wants to get back the energy you once had, and return to the body and the active lifestyle that you love, then you found yourself in the right place. Let's get to it. It's not uncommon for people who've been experiencing unrelenting fatigue and other debilitating health conditions to feel a sense of comfort, maybe even relief when they're given a diagnosis. Not that they necessarily want the diagnosis, but that someone is finally telling them, finally listening to them, and telling them that their experience is real. It's not just in their head. They're not making it up, right? There's just something about having a specific label or clinical set of words written in your medical chart that finally acknowledges what you've been telling your doctor for months and other people in your life for so dang long It's just validating. Now you might be nodding your head up and down right now as you're listening because you finally got the diagnosis you were wanting after months and months of advocating for yourself, of sharing your symptoms, your experience, everything that you've been going through. Or maybe you're nodding your head up and down because you agree, but you're frustrated because you haven't. Well, today I'm going to tell you why I personally don't think it actually matters. On today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you three reasons I believe being officially diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome isn't everything. It's not the end all be all. But before I jump into that, I'm going to kind of go on a rant here for just a moment because it does tie in with what I want to talk about today. And I have a strong sense that you'll agree with where I'm coming from on this one. You see, I find that there's this constant need in society to categorize or group things and people, you know, group them together to clearly identify which side someone stands on, to slap labels on us, to put us in boxes. And you know what? It drives me crazy. And one specific example that's absolutely so irritating, and I think you'll agree with this as well, is when you go for an appointment with a new doctor, right? They email you a packet of a new patient intake paperwork, and they ask you to either fill it out online and submit it before your appointment or print it out, complete it, and bring it with you. You know what I'm talking about? That long ass intake paperwork, it always has me thinking to myself as I'm completing it, why am I wasting all this time? Why am I filling all of this out, checking these boxes? I know when I have my appointment, when they take me back to see the nurse, I'm just going to have to go over it all again. They're going to go question by question and box by box again. It's so irritating. 
And not only does all the paperwork take forever to complete, but the section that asks you to check the box regarding what race you are, that one specifically, that one drives me nuts. Like, do they actually think that most of us only identify with just one? Right? But thankfully, there are some new boxes that have come to the rescue on these forms. The other and prefer not to answer boxes. Yep, those ones. They're my favorite. They're the ones I check. Now, I know, I know the reasoning. I know they're gathering data. I know it's important information to capture. But personally, I just think it's so dang annoying because most of us, almost all of us, were more than just one box, right? I just really think they need new forms and instructions that say, please check all that apply. But I do get it. They're capturing information that will somehow down the line help us make some decisions and at some point benefit us in some way eventually, right? And I totally understand this and I understand the reasoning behind it because as an undergraduate student back in the day, I worked with plenty of public health research studies that relied on these boxes and these forms and all this information coming together. But even though it was helpful, you know, to me as a research student, it still irritates the heck out of me. Just like the boxes that many of the guidelines in diagnosing chronic fatigue require. You either fit into those boxes or you don't. And ultimately, which ones are checked, that determines whether or not you have a diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome or you don't. And it could be very frustrating, right? But enough of my rant on paperwork and boxes. I'm going to jump into the purpose of this episode, the reason you're here. And it does have to do with some of these boxes, but... Like I said earlier, um, today I'm going to be explaining three reasons why I don't think it matters if you do or you don't have an official diagnosis with chronic fatigue, if you don't check all those boxes. And yes, clinically, the proper medical term is myalgic encephalomyelitis, chronic fatigue syndrome. You may have seen it abbreviated as ME slash CFS, but I personally like to use the words chronic fatigue syndrome when I talk about it, often just sometimes even chronic fatigue, because really, it's just way easier to say that than actually say myalgic encephalomyelitis chronic fatigue syndrome, right? Come on, you say those words three times fast. Go ahead. I know, it's a mouthful, right? But seriously, though. When it comes to chronic fatigue syndrome or MECFS diagnoses, the first reason I personally don't think it matters is because diagnosing it is actually quite difficult. It's pretty challenging to do. There isn't one lab test or one specific set of blood markers that tells you yes or no, you have it. Chronic fatigue is a symptom of so many other health conditions, and it's really a multi-system problem, which is why it's so hard to officially nail it down. Now, I may not be telling you anything new. 
You more than likely already know that because you've either been struggling for so long to be diagnosed or you're struggling right now to get a diagnosis. But here's the thing. One of the other reasons it's so hard to diagnose has to do with an article I recently read and I think proves the point really well. In the um, November 2021 issue of the Mayo Clinic Proceedings, um, this is basically a peer-reviewed medical journal that's um, sponsored by the Mayo Foundation for Medical Education and Research. Part of that article that I was reading stated this specifically, and I'm going to read it to you because it's really important and it totally proves my point. In that issue, in that article, it specifically stated this. Myalgic encephalomyelitis slash chronic fatigue syndrome is a chronic multi-system disease affecting millions of people worldwide. Despite its high prevalence and disabling nature, here's the kicker, medical education programs rarely cover ME-CFS and guidance for practicing clinicians is often outdated and inappropriate. Standard tests typically return normal results, and some clinicians are completely unaware of or question the legitimacy of MECFS. Consequently, up to 91%, 91% of affected people are undiagnosed or misdiagnosed with other conditions. To obtain a diagnosis, patients frequently have had to see multiple clinicians over a number of years, and even after diagnosis, patients struggle to obtain appropriate care. You see, clearly, from this one article, and there are hundreds and hundreds more articles like this, it's difficult to diagnose because not only is it a complex health issue, a multi-system problem, medical professionals either don't get the education and training needed, or they don't even believe it even exists. How many doctors have you talked to that don't even believe it's a real thing? Right? And the other reason it's so challenging to diagnose is because some doctors, as I'm sure you've experienced, aren't created equal. Not all of them are as invested in their patient's care as others, right? It's just the truth. It really is. And I'll tell you, I think I just got lucky in my situation. My primary care physician at the time, she was very open to helping me figure it out. And even though it took me a few years of going to her two to three times a year, along along with the help of a previous client of mine who was a DOM and me repeatedly explaining to my doctor how I was feeling and what my symptoms were and me consistently explaining to her over and over that, w- that it was just more than being tired. It was more than me needing to slow down. It was more than me needing to rest and sleep more. Fortunately, from the get go, she was open to running labs and exploring alternative and holistic approaches that I asked of her. She wasn't closed-minded or resistant to my questions. 
And what I appreciated even more about her was that she often shared with me her opinions about conventional medicine and where she thought that model of care fell short. She explained that all of her training and education involved managing patient symptoms. Symptoms were what she treated, not determining the root cause of those symptoms. She had a narrow approach or lens to operate from in her education and training that focused solely on using symptoms to identify disease based on boxes she needed to check in order to give a diagnosis. And then she would treat it with a prescription medication. And if all those boxes weren't checked according to the guidelines she needed to follow, she couldn't give a diagnosis. Even if most of them were checked, even if her patients were clearly showing signs of it. So frustrating, right? And as a side note, I will say that she ended up leaving the traditional care model and she moved into a concierge service. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this type of medical practice, but I'm finding that more and more doctors are moving to that type of care. And because she was fed up with our healthcare system here in the United States, she was fed up with the insurance reimbursement parameters and fees, and really her inability to spend the time she needed to with her patients, she changed her practice model. And because of that, unfortunately, I needed to find a new doctor because I wasn't able to pay out of pocket for her services, but I respect her for doing it. And I really just think it's unfortunate that great doctors like her are having to make those choices, make those decisions. So that's the first reason I wanted to share with you why I don't believe having a diagnosis of ME-CFS really matters. But I will also say that I can totally understand how you might feel better having one. Because I'd be lying if I said it didn't make me feel a little bit better having that confirmation from my doctor. So I do get it. But this is where it leads me to the second reason today why I don't think a diagnosis really matters. You see, even after my doctor put a diagnosis in my medical chart, the reality was that it didn't change anything. It didn't change the debilitating fatigue that I was experiencing along with all the other symptoms I was dealing with each and every day. It didn't change that I was suffering and I needed to get better. So this brings up, you know, some, some other questions I have for you and ones that I often ask my clients when it comes to this topic of being diagnosed. And it's this, I often ask them, if you get a diagnosis, what are you going to do with that information? Is your doctor going to take it another step further and do something with it? Is he or she going to dive deeper into uncovering the root causes of it and being willing to work alongside me so that we can help you get better? Is he or she going to continue helping you get better without a diagnosis? Because in my opinion, the answers to those questions are what I think really matters. 
Now I'll tell you, I've been very fortunate up until this point with the clients that I've worked with, with the exception of one client, that their doctors or nurse practitioners, they have been willing to work with me. And I think part of the reason for this is because they simply don't have the time to dive into the details like I do. Especially with our traditional healthcare system, going back to those reimbursement barriers that I mentioned earlier. And also because they don't have the education and the training with root cause work, which is why I think they've welcomed my recommendations and direction. And I appreciate that. So if you do think your doctor is open to actually doing something with the information, with the diagnosis, if you get it, keep pressing them to look at the guidelines put out by the CDC or, you know, the other medical guidelines that they look to in their practice and just keep advocating for yourself. And if they're not, if they're not going to do that, then unfortunately, like I tell my clients, and I'm going to suggest to you, seek out another medical professional that is willing to. And if that's not something you want to do, then I want to suggest that you find a way to move past the need for an official diagnosis and put your time and your resources and your limited energy, which I know your energy is like the dregs at the bottom of your coffee cup, the little grains, the sediment, the bottom of that cup when you're done. That's how I like to imagine depleted and limited energy. Instead, put your time and resources and what little energy you do have into seeking alternative ways to uncover the root causes of your symptoms, of your fatigue and work to resolve it. And this is where the third and final reason comes in that I wanted to talk with you about today and why I don't think it matters if you actually have an official diagnosis. Plain and simple, your experience is all you need is proof. It's evidence that proves your case. Having a diagnosis doesn't prove it. All it does is check some boxes. That's it. It's not a solution. It doesn't actually solve your problems. There's still other health conditions to investigate and rule out even with it. But you know what you're living with, what you're enduring. So don't outsource your knowing. Don't dismiss your intuition. Don't rely on someone else to tell you that what you're feeling is real. Because you know what normal feels like for you and what isn't normal. You know how you used to feel and how you feel now. You know what you were able to do physically and mentally and what you're now not able to do. And more than anyone You're the person that knows the impact this has had on your life, not your doctor. And even though you've probably been taught to dismiss or downplay your knowing and your intuition because you're not the expert, 
because you're not the medical professional that's gone to school for eight to 12 years and supposed to have all the answers, even though you might be doing that, I want to encourage you to start listening to your intuition, to your knowing, and let that be enough. Okay? So as I wrap up today's episode, I want to just quickly recap the three reasons why I don't believe a diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome really matters. The first one is medical education programs rarely teach on it. Guidance for practicing clinicians is often outdated and inappropriate. Some clinicians are completely unaware of it or question whether or not it really exists. And it's a multi-system problem that overlaps with so many different health conditions. The second reason is a diagnosis doesn't change your suffering, your symptoms, and the need that you still have to uncover the root causes of it and get better. It's not a solution, and it doesn't actually solve your problem. And then the third reason why I don't believe a diagnosis even matters is that your experience is all you need as proof. It's evidence that proves your case. Your intuition and your knowing is enough. All right? Well, I hope today's episode gave you some stuff to think about, some things to consider. Um, I really hope that you'll join me next week where I'll be unveiling the 12 hidden culprits of chronic fatigue. I think that episode will help you begin to connect some dots with your experience. And also if, if you know of another woman who you think needs to hear today's episode, I'd love it if you were share it with her, share it with anyone you think it might bring value or help them with. But until we meet again next week, do something simple that nourishes your mind, your body, and your spirit. Bye for now. The content and opinions shared on this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your medical condition or your situation.